You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. The chocolate lady reported to me last night that you, the listener, have already started to call in those Valentine's Day orders. We thank you very much for that. We also commend you on your Valentine's Day intelligence level. You're going ahead. You're taking care of business early so the rush of February the 14th won't catch you uh, blindsided like it does Pops, who we'll talk to later on in the program as we do on Fridays. But Peterbrook Chocolatier there at 1530. McFarland Boulevard, North, give them a call, 205-752-0211. They can take care of that Valentine's Day order for you. They also deliver for a fee. There is delivery available for you at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on the program once again by James Ludeman, who together we combine to form the 60 bit of a sports talk radio. James Ludeman, how are you doing on this Friday morning? Dude, it's Friday, man. It's uh, exactly. we got a lot going exactly. on. We got gymnastics today. Got basketball tomorrow. Uh, yeah. It's a bit volleyball today. We got a bunch of stuff going on today. Yeah, as you outlined for us earlier in the week, man. University of Alabama athletics just getting it done on the national level. So many of these programs ranked among the top twenty twenty five in the country in their respective sports. So good stuff right now for the University of Alabama athletic department and certainly we'll have a lot to talk about on the program today as james alluded to ludeman alluded to i like that um we've got a big one tomorrow in college basketball with the crimson tide traveling to norman should be bordering boarding 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 that uh charter bound for norman oklahoma here at any time you got that early tip 24 hours from now, almost exactly, at the Lloyd Noble Center on the campus of the University of Oklahoma, you'll have Alabama OU, two top 25 teams getting together in that one. We'll get more into that matchup. We'll have Charlie Potter, my colleague there from BamaOnline.com, coming up with us in just a little bit. You've also got the Senior Bowl. Now, you may not have, apparently, Mac Jones playing quarterback tomorrow because of a left ankle injury, apparently, that he sustained here in the last day or so down in Mobile. Sounds like, though, sounds to me, and based on some great stuff also, Jacob Harrison of the Tide 100.9 staff down in Mobile doing some great stuff for the radio station and Tide109.com this week. If you haven't seen that, you need to check out Jacob's great reports. Sounds like Max had a money-making week. So uh, the game... Not as uh, important to Mac Jones tomorrow. Obviously, you'd like to see as many Alabama guys as possible participating in a senior bowl. Obviously, a big, big event for South Alabama, Mobile specifically. But Mac Jones, by all accounts, we heard from Chase Goodbread of NFL.com yesterday, 
Really good week for Mac Jones. Really good week for Najee Harris, who apparently will not participate in the game tomorrow. Uh, and some guys in Alex Leatherwood, Deontay Brown, need to continue to try to finish as strong as they possibly can as you move through the game tomorrow. So you'll have the senior bowl. You know what else we got coming up, man? And it's so anticlimactic these days. Think about if it were still the case that National Signing Day for football was still a standalone date on the first Wednesday in February. This would be pretty much, this would be two things today. This would be Alabama men's basketball. And just as much, it would be previewing the upcoming signing date. Now, look, you still had a lot of early commitments even in that era of the standalone February signing date. But again, for Alabama, so much of the heavy lifting done in the early signing period. Uh, We'll get into some of what's still out there, though, for Alabama football as it looks to put a wrap on this 2021 recruiting cycle. Hank South there for us, along with Tim Watts at BamaOnline.com. Do such a great job. I was able to chat it up with Hank earlier today. That was podcasted at BamaOnline.com if you're interested in that. But we'll get into some specifics on the program here as well. You can also check in at 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you would like to jump on board with us, we would love to hear from you. Speaking of Alabama men's basketball, if you are looking for that game tomorrow on ESPN2, it's actually been moved up to the mothership. Alabama basketball, y'all. It's on ESPN tomorrow, not ESPN2. So Alabama OU will be on ESPN. And also earlier today, you probably saw on your social media timelines, or perhaps you heard right here on Tide 100.9, Alabama-Missouri next Saturday. Big one. Big one in SEC play. Alabama-Missouri set for 11 a.m. one week from tomorrow from Como. That, too, an ESPN broadcast. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. You know, something else I saw in kind of researching this Alabama OU game for tomorrow. You know who's doing a stadium tour uh, throughout the course of this year? Top Golf. You know how we got that Top Golf over in Birmingham? James Ludeman, have you done Top Golf yet? Actually, yeah, uh, we I've done Top Golf once with some people here from Tide, and actually we're going on on Sunday uh, to go play yeah. some Top Golf with some of the new interns. That's awesome, man. That's a cool place. Good stuff. I've done it in a couple of different cities. Uh, the one over there in Birmingham, which is going to be basically adjacent to the new UAB football stadium that continues to go up over there. It looks really nice too. That stadium, by the way, from what yeah, I from what I, I've I, seen, I, it looks good. I agree. I think uh, it's going to be very nice. It's going to be cool right there off the, you know, the interstate right there at the interchange there in downtown Birmingham. Going to be a really cool look. Going to be a a nice, nice home venue there for the UAB Blazers, finally, after all these years. But, uh, you know, Topgolf's doing this, this stadium tour, and they're going to be starting this weekend. They're going to be at Sun Devil Stadium at Arizona State. Then they're going to Florida State, Baylor, Oklahoma's on this, Tennessee, Georgia in June, Um, University of Florida, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, the Swamp in April, and they're going to have it set up in these stadiums like a Topgolf with the targets out there, you know, on the field and in other areas, and you're going to be able to, for a fee, of course, $65, the starting price, if you'd like to do the Topgolf Stadium Tour. 65 bucks for the general public. Now, students, you're going to get a break. 40 bucks for students. Premium tickets, always got those premium tickets. 145 if you want a VIP top golf in a college football stadium. That's going to include access to drink tickets, uh, team gear discounts, uh, limited edition top golf swag. So there you go. You're going to have a stadium tour for Top Golf coming up throughout the course of the year. But Alabama and Oklahoma tomorrow. Oklahoma comes in at 10 and 4 overall and winners of their last four in a row with two of those, the last two of those four wins coming against Kansas and Texas in Big 12 play. The Sooners this season, in a season in which home court advantage doesn't have the same bang for its buck as we know it's had 
in previous years. Still at Lloyd Noble Center, the Sooners are eight and one. I think it's a good matchup for Alabama looking at this Oklahoma team. It's not an Oklahoma team that's particularly long or brutish on the block. They do have a 6'11 guy that they're going to run at you down there on the block. But it's not a game in which, just looking specifically at Alabama's post players, they're going to get beat up on the boards. You know, OU is similar to Alabama in that it takes sort of this team-wide approach to rebounding. Now, Oklahoma did have 12 offensive rebounds, and that went over Texas on Tuesday. So, got to take care of the defensive glass. And when you look at player matchups in this game, Austin Reeves for Oklahoma, he's a transfer a couple of years ago from Wichita State. He's a guy that if he can stay out of foul trouble, he's probably going to play every minute tomorrow at the guard position. He went for 23-6-4 and four against Texas on Tuesday night. He's an honorable mention, all Big 12 selection from last season. He averaged nearly 15 per game, 15 points per game, five rebounds, three assists. Now, Devion Harmon also had 13 from the guard position against Texas Tuesday night, but he turned it over seven times. So that's something to keep an eye on. Although Harmon, you look at his numbers throughout the season, turnovers haven't been a big problem. And Harmon in his last four games, he's averaging 18 points per game. Coming off the bench, again, this is an area where Alabama's had a pretty nice advantage throughout the season. Uh, but Emoja Gibson for Oklahoma, he's averaging nine points per game. He had 12 against Texas in 33 minutes. Went 0 for 5 from three-point land in that game. But he is shooting 42% for the season. So some things to keep an eye on in that Oklahoma-Alabama matchup tomorrow morning from Lloyd Noble Center in Norman, Oklahoma. The Alabama women's team with a tough loss last night. I'm sure James Ludeman saw some of that. That game, uh, that was SEC Network Plus, so I had that up on the old phone. The wife loves that when I do that at dinner. You know, when I pull up the phone and I put it on SEC Network Plus and watch uh, some women's basketball action, but uh, tough one. Kentucky just too good last night. Kentucky played extremely well. Rare women's game at Rupp Arena last night. So that was a cool experience for the Alabama women's team to get to play at Rupp. Uh, but 81-68, Kentucky gets it done. Big stretch right now for the Alabama women's team. Went to Kentucky last night. Dropped that one. Now 5-3 and three in the league. Now you got to go to South Carolina on Sunday. If you take the L there to a top-four team... In South Carolina, you're five and four in the league, and that sets up for next Thursday night. Georgia coming in here, that will be a huge, huge game at the tail end of a rugged three-game stretch. And then it sort of opens back up schedule-wise for Alabama for a couple three games, but then the final three games of the regular season going to be very challenging in their own right. We're going to step aside to our first break. When we come back, we'll continue to talk Senior Bowl. We'll talk Alabama coaching staff. We'll talk Alabama hoops with Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com when a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM rolls on right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The eighth-ranked Alabama gymnastics team faces off against number 14 Kentucky on Friday afternoon in the lone rematch of the Crimson Tide's regular season. The meet gets underway at 4 p.m. Central and will air live on ESPN2. The two teams open the 2021 season in Tuscaloosa on January 8th with the Tide earning a slim victory. Alabama comes into the weekend sporting a 3-0 mark while Kentucky is 2-1. Also, Alabama volleyball is back in action as the Tide will face South Carolina at noon on Friday before a Saturday matchup at 2 p.m. inside Foster Auditorium. Alabama was 2-6 in SEC play in the fall while South Carolina was 5-3. I'll have more in a moment. 
Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've got you covered for Alabama men's basketball against Oklahoma on Saturday morning. Alabama's won 10 straight games, the longest winning streak since the 90s for the Crimson Tide. Tip-off from Norman is set for 11 a.m. Central, and our coverage on the network begins at 10 a.m. from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Tuscaloosa. Also, Alabama women's basketball plays fourth-ranked South Carolina at 2 p.m. on Sunday in Columbia with radio coverage available across the network. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. A beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky. The high today, 57. Clear tonight, not as cold as last night, below at 33. Tomorrow's sunshine during the morning. Clouds move in by afternoon. Rain arrives tomorrow night, the high at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. It is that time on Fridays when we like to check in with my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. Does a superior job of providing day-to-day coverage of everything Alabama Crimson Tide. That, of course, being Charlie Potter. Charlie, how you doing on this Friday? Not bad, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, the Senior Bowl looks like it's losing a little bit of luster on seemingly a daily basis as we've learned that Najee Harris will not participate in tomorrow's game. And it sounds like at this point, Mac Jones quite iffy as well. Charlie? Yeah, I mean, we already knew that Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson weren't going to play. I mean, they went down there. It's smart. You know, they're, they're able to get around NFL uh, personnel. You know, they're kind of assigned to a team. I know Landon's been around the Carolina Panthers, and, um, you know, Devontae was around the uh, Miami Dolphins, and then, of course, they can do interviews. So it was beneficial, but we knew they weren't going to be playing in the game you know, going into it. Uh, you know, Najee Harris was able to practice a couple of days, and he's been dealing with an ankle injury, and that was even something I think that Jim Nagy, the executive director, mentioned whenever um, uh, Harris accept his invitation and he accepted it pretty late. I believe it was last Wednesday. So, um, he practiced and then he just didn't want to get any more banged up and isn't going to play in the game. And yeah, Mac Jones yesterday, um, you later in practice, um, he kind of rolled his ankle a little bit and came up kind of gimpy. He spoke to reporters afterwards there in in mobile and, uh, he said he's going to see how it feels, but um, he doesn't want to go out there if he's not 100%. And, of course, you know that makes sense. If you're not healthy, you don't want to go play in a game where your objective is to impress NFL uh, personnel and scouts. So I, I think that you know it's a situation where it could be a little bit of a boring senior bowl from an Alabama perspective because the guys that are going to be playing in it aren't going to be touching the ball. You'll have two offensive linemen with uh, Alex Leatherwood and Deontay Brown and then long snapper Thomas Fletcher. Those guys can do a lot for themselves individually, but I think a lot of people were excited to see you know, a quarterback and a running back uh, from Alabama be in the game, and right now one of those is definitely out, and the other one I think is pretty up in the air. It sounds like Mac took care of the primary objective this week, right? And that was to perform well during the 
the workouts. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, you look at just Twitter and this year's a little different. Um, you know, the, uh, reporters can be, uh, at practice, they're kind of designated to a, a different area, but the guys that you really pay attention to in a year like this, where it's kind of, um, limited to, to what you can do is the, the guys that are working on the TV crews, the guys at ESPN NFL network, and they've had nothing but good things to say about Mac. Um, you know, of course, uh, ESPN and NFL network have broadcast these, so these guys are basically watching practice like a game. And, um, you know, guys like Lewis Riddick and Phil Yates, um, have had rave reviews for Mac and, you know, Matt rule. I think he's talked like twice a day to reporters. I can appreciate that listening to his press conference over on the Panthers website. He's, he's been asked a lot about Mac and even he has, has talked about um, him being an alpha and a gamer. He's using words that, um, you know, Bo Nix and others chose not to use last year, Mac Jones <laughs> and, and labeling him as a game manager. So I think Mac did a lot of good uh, for himself. And, and this is a game where, you know, past quarterbacks have used the senior bowl, especially the week of practice to really cement or, or even boost their draft stock. And, by all accounts, I don't think there's much doubt that Matt Jones did that this week. Team that continues to boost its stock more so in relation to March than, say, April's NFL draft, the Alabama men's basketball team, 9-0 and now in SEC play following that 70-59 to win at Coleman Coliseum Tuesday night over the Kentucky Wildcats, a regular season sweep of Big Blue, and now it's back to non-conference action. Not sure if you saw this, Charlie, but Texas and Kentucky now that was set for primetime tomorrow night has been canceled due to COVID issues. We knew that Texas earlier in the week was dealing with issues. Head coach Shaka Smart, a couple of players were out for the Longhorns in that loss to OU in Austin. But uh, this is a team that, well, it's encountered some issues of its own, but doesn't seem to have hindered its its continued development here as it it moves to 10 straight wins following that win over Kentucky. Uh, it's been more of a grind, though, hasn't it, for Alabama the last couple of times out? Does that make you wonder what kind of team we might see show up tomorrow morning in Norman? A little bit. Um, you know, we were there for a while, used to Alabama winning by nearly 30 points every time it went out, which is something new. But, you know, we know what this offense can do when it's rolling, and the offense hasn't been you know, at its best the past couple games. But I think it's shown that this team can, can win in a variety of different ways. And Nato's even said that after the Kentucky game. You know, their defense has been playing really, really well. And, um, you know, the, the shots are, are going to fall. It's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. But, um, you know, Alabama teams in the past, they're not winning those games when those shots aren't falling. I think that says a lot about this group. And, um, you know, guys like Herbert Jones have, have stepped up. And you're going to get um, – Efforts from from Jaden Shackelford where he goes out and leads the team like he did. John Petty's been playing well. Josh Primo, hell, I think Alabama's won every game he started in uh, since he was uh, injected into the lineup. And you guys like Keon Ellis and, and Jawan Gary have been providing quality minutes down the stretch. So um, it's, it's been a group effort, but I am interested to see how this one um, you know, plays out if they're able to kind of shake off those uh, offensive woes a little bit. Um, you know, we're used to seeing this team hit 12, 13 threes a game, and against Kentucky, I think they were 6 to 20. So if they can get back to their average, which is a really good average, I think that you know, this can be one of the best games of this SEC Big 12 challenge. But you, know, you mentioned that uh, Kentucky and, and Texas game. you, you got to wonder if Alabama's been affected by that at all because it sounds like Kentucky's dealing with some stuff too. We're going to hear from Nate Oates here less than an hour so we'll, we'll see from that. But uh, this is a situation in the stretch where they're looking to get some guys healthy. Uh, guys are banged up. That's to be expected this time of year. And if some of those guys can uh, you know, get back to their, their old form, I think Alabama will be in good shape. Let's talk some Alabama football team in general here with Charlie Potter does an outstanding job at BamaOnline.com. It looks like, or sounds like anyway, according to our reporting led by Tim Watts, our site publisher there at BOL, that the offensive revamp has been completed, at least for now. Um, Give us a little bit of rundown of where things stand from the official perspective with UA and filling those four spots. And is this, you think, going to be the end of it? Is there possibility for some more movement with the staff? Kind of what your expectation is there. 
Yeah, so so far, Alabama has officially announced the hires of Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and then uh, Doug Marone as offensive line coach, two former NFL head coaches. Uh, that's been pretty well documented. And then they haven't announced it yet, um, you know, but we believe it's a done deal that Robert Gillespie, the, the running backs coach from Notre, or not Notre Dame, North Carolina, will be coming to fill the same role at Alabama. And keeping that trend with the, the running backs coaches, Jay Graham, who was at Tennessee last year, it sounds like he's going to fill the role that Jeff Banks left behind of, of special teams coordinator and tight ends coach. And you know his background is primarily running backs coach, but he does have some experience coaching tight ends and, and leading a, a special teams unit. So I think that's the, the lure there. And, you know, he's also a hell of a recruiter. Um, it would being able to, Playing some big name guys like Cam Akers at Florida State, Marcus Lattimore in South Carolina. Um, you know, those are names that Alabama fans know uh, really well. So um, you get two NFL head coaches, you get two um, kind of younger coaches that are uh, known for their recruiting chops, and you know that makes sense for Alabama and Nick Saban to, to round out the offensive staff that way. You're right. Uh, right now, that's the only uh, opening, and you know that's you know, for someone that. Has been treading water. It seems like since the national championship game, that's that's good to know. But this this coaching carousel, um, you know, it, it seems to not stop spinning at times. And you know, there could be another guy maybe look to interview or go elsewhere. I, I don't know if that will happen on the offensive staff. The defensive staff maybe is is one to keep an eye on. But right now, um, that hasn't been the case. So, you know, just stay tuned to BOL. Uh, Tim Watts has been, like you said, all over this stuff. Uh, it might not be breaking on Twitter, but if you're ever on the BOL roundtable, you know, you know well in advance. So uh, we'll see what happens. But right now, uh, it looks like the coaching staff is set, but things can always change. And Nate Oates coming up in just a little bit, right? Yeah, uh, he and the players are supposed to start uh, their Zoom call at noon. Um, I don't know if we've had a Zoom call start on time at all this year, so it might be closer to 1230. We'll see. But, yeah, we'll hear from NATO and a couple players. And, uh, you know, NATO is always good with the time there. And then it'll be off to Norman, Oklahoma for those guys. Hey, Charlie, as always, we appreciate you taking the time. Always appreciate your great work with us there at BamaOnline.com as well. Thanks, Charlie. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job for BamaOnline.com with us there on the website. We're going to step aside to another break when we come back. More of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here. On Tide, 100.9 FM, Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. What was that moon we had last night, James Ludeman? Did you see that thing? That was like a wolf moon, I guess, or something they call it. I, I, I actually am not going to lie to you, Travis. I did not go outside last night, as weird as it you. sounds. I'm not a werewolf, I promise, uh, <laughs> but I didn't go outside last night. Some like a red wolf or blue wolf moon. You know, the chocolate lady and I, we uh, got out and about a little bit yesterday evening. We were coming back up University Boulevard towards McFarland, right through the strip, right through uh, the center of campus, right there at Denny Chimes. And it was awesome, man. That was an awesome moon last night. It was a grill out moon. I wish I had actually jumped on the big green egg. I think I may do that tonight. I still have that beer can chicken left over and uh it might be going on some it might be going on some barbecue chicken pizzas tonight i think i'm gonna i think i'm actually taking a trip to uh peterbrook today because i want to get my my, i want to get my daughter something for being home and Mm -hmm. uh get her some chocolate or something i think she'll absolutely that That little princess deserves it 
Absolutely. Whatever we can do to make her feel better, we're all for that. Um, don't want to make Lon Kruger feel better tomorrow, the men's basketball coach at Oklahoma. You talk about a dude that's been around. How about Lon Kruger? I remember the chocolate lady and I were actually dating at the time, back in 1995, around this time, February of 1995. We went to the O'Connell Center, as it was known mostly as back then. And Alabama, one year after Florida advanced to the Final Four, went into the O'Connell Center and on an Eric Washington three from the corner at the buzzer, knocked off the homestanding Gators. I mean, we're talking about, is that 26 years ago? Seems like yesterday. Yeah. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now and check in with Lewis with Pat on deck. Lewis, how are you doing on this Friday morning? Doing good, Travis. Enjoy the show. Um, I got a basketball question for you, but if you don't mind, I'd like to share a memory real quick. Um, You know, I'm an older guy. I'm uh, originally from Alabama, so I've seen a lot of great football games on campus. You know, Scott Hunter against Archie Manning and, you know, the, the Southern Cal game, which is a loss, but changed Southern football forever. You know, just a lot of great memories, Travis. But the most amazing performance I ever saw on the campus was Pistol Pete Maravich rolling into town with LSU, scoring 69 points without a three-point line at the time. Sure I, I, heard, I heard about it. I wasn't, I wasn't old enough to see it. But, uh, yeah, you still hear about that one. Amazing. Well, You're right. And what you said yeah. about no three-point line, that cannot be said enough about that kind of performance in that era of basketball. It was amazing. And what's funny, Travis, when LSU, of course, every, it was packed out. Everybody wanted to see uh, Pistol Peak, you know. So they come out for the warm-ups and start shooting layups. All eyes on him, of course. He's missing his layup. You take a layup and it would rattle around and go out, and you'd hear, oh, you'd hear people, you know, wow, what's couldn't hit a layup, man. So then he they was, did the he was baiting around. you guys, Lewis. He was baiting oh, you guys. That's what he was doing. Listen, then they did the shoot around. He goes out way past where, a, well, you know, at least <laughs> a little bit past where a three point was. Starts draining them. The place went crazy, man. He was a showman. Travis, he was amazing. Absolutely, was left us too left us too soon, and uh, uh, you, you go back and you you watch some of the the YouTube stuff you can pull up on Pistol Pete, and also they had this era where they would get NBA players to play horse. You remember this? This is back in the day. Yeah, I mean yes. NBA stars on like CBS would play horse, right? You know. And I, I, I've watched those and, and some of the stuff he could do. It's like, that would be your nightmare matchup, wouldn't it? In horse, Pete Maravich? Yeah. Yeah. And Travis, you know what's wild? Alabama won the game by one point. It was unreal. <laughs> he was the show. It was kind of like didn't matter whether LSU won or not. It was just, he was a show. And what's with, funny, Travis? With his dad coaching. Down, press. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His dad, yeah, Press. Wasn't that his name? Press Maravich? Yep. Uh, what's amazing uh, to me also, Travis, I'm kind of looking around, you know, soaking it all in. I looked down at it was away from the benches, kind of kind of uh, entrance that, you know, you know, like a private entrance, kind of away from the court. I see this guy sitting in a folding chair leaning up against the wall. It was Coach Bryant. He <laughs> sat in the folding chair leaning up against the wall and watched the whole, because I looked down there to see if he was still there, and of course he was. He had to take it in too, man. It was quite a quite a memory. But Travis, here's my question: If Alabama, I, I want them to hang some banners on this basketball. I'm so we've been blessed to have a football season like this, and then a basketball season like this. Is there any kind of? And I know this is rat poison, but I'm a fan, so I don't care. If they win the regular season, is that considered something that's a? Do you have to win the conference to hang a banner, or is is there a regular season uh, recognition? How does that work? I, I I don't really know. 
Yeah, it's a great question, Lewis. I'm trying to think right now if that last regular season banner is not hanging. Uh, if there, if if it wasn't bannered for that, se- I would think it is. I mean, to me, and no offense to the to the Alabama teams that we've seen pile up SEC tournament championships. That's very impressive too. But if I had to pick between two that I was going to hang a banner for, it would be the regular season title, right? I mean, right. that, I yeah, that so. that's that's the more impressive accomplishment uh, of the two. So, um, you know, I would think that they would. I'll, I'll check on that. That's a good question. I'll see if if there's if there's not uh, that last banner, uh, isn't it, Coleman? Yeah, that's interesting. Sounds good, Travis. Thank you for doing that. We you do a great job. Great show, man. Have a good weekend. Hey, thanks for checking in, Lewis. Pistol Pete Maravich memories. You know, I got to think that father-son relationship probably wasn't always easy playing for your dad. But you know what else probably was a result of that relationship? I think Pete had the green light all the time playing for Pops, playing for Press. You play for somebody else, probably not so much. That's been my experience, whether it's been father-son, father-daughter, mom-daughter, you know, maybe even mom-son in some leagues, in some sports. It just seems like uh, the, the green light maybe sometimes there is more for the kid than there is maybe for the other, other guys or gals on the team. Let's head back to the Peter Brook Chocolatier studio line right now at 205-342-9904 and check in with Pat. And by the way, Pistol Pete should have been able to shoot whenever he wanted to. That and That's not to say that about Pete. I'm just talking about in general, that type of situation. Pat, how are you doing on this Friday good, morning? Good morning, Travis. Have you heard anything from our man Jacob Harrison of Tide 100.9 who has his finger on the pulse of the senior bowl? He's he's been doing some great reporting from down there. If you keep up with us at tide109.com, you can see all of Jacob's great work there and we're certainly going to debrief him next week when he returns. I know he's been on Gary's show. So yeah, Jacob's been prominent with his coverage from down there at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Cuz I, I I'm real excited about Najee's measurements with his hands and about that I think his biggest money is going to be made not necessarily running the ball, but catching the ball out of the backfield. What do you think? I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Najee, during his time at Alabama, before he sort of evolved into this uh, every down 20-plus carry a game option at running back, he was more polished and more advanced as a receiver uh, early in his career. And then – you know, you saw the mix really come into play about four games into last season, and absolutely catching the football, he's a he's a natural. There's no doubt about it. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, hey, I just want to give a plug for my man Mark Houston, and uh, ask all the Tide listeners to go out and uh, vote for Mister Houston uh, to make a new uh, wave through Tuscaloosa as a mayor, and uh, maybe not. Uh, give in to these people that want to give three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy houses that, that ought to be taken by the by the uh, city. All right, have a blessed All day, right. sir, and we there appreciate you your help. Thank Here's you. Bye bye. Pat's on record. He wants you to get out. We just want you to get out and vote. You know, that's the big thing. I mean, we all have our preferences, but uh, get out and vote. That's coming up March third, right? Martin Houston, Walt Maddox. That'll be interesting, no doubt about it. We don't get much into politics here, but we certainly, certainly encourage you to get out and vote. Uh, Something that's been voted very highly or rated very highly here in the last couple of months, as you know, if you're an Alabama fan, uh, this 2021 recruiting class, the latest for Nick Saban, I know, right? Another number one ranked recruiting class, no big deal. Well, this is an even bigger deal because we're talking about this class, as it relates to the history of the recruiting rankings in the industry that that's obviously a part of. And right now, that's what this Alabama class is up against, history. And if it were to end today, this Alabama class would rank as the as the highest ranked in, in college football ranking, recruiting ranking history. So still some work to be done, though. A little bit of work to be done for Nick Saban and his staff.
Uh, you got Jay Graham jumping on board, it appears. Rob Gillespie jumping on board, it appears. Uh, but some key names that are still out there, including Terry and Arnold, a safety prospect from Tallahassee, Florida. He's a guy that's expected to make his decision known on signing day next Wednesday afternoon. He appears to be down to Alabama, Georgia, maybe Florida, still in that mix. Still need to get Kamar Wheaton, the running back, who committed late in the early signing process, early period, to Alabama. Need to go ahead and get him signed. Been some rumblings about perhaps Oklahoma being involved there, trying to flip Kamar Wheaton. Uh, Perhaps Texas as well. Uh, But Alabama right now appears to be in good shape to go ahead and finalize that deal. So not a lot of spots left. you got JT Tui Moala'au out in the Pacific Northwest, one of the nation's top two or three overall prospects. A defensive end, it looks like Ohio State or Alabama for him. And Tui Moala'au has already said he's not signing on signing day. He's going to probably take this thing maybe into April or May because he seems intent on being able to visit his top choices. And there is, as of right now, hope that the the sort of visit ban that we've been under for, gosh, almost a year now, right? And we're almost a, a year anniversary of the, the COVID-19 pandemic settling in. Uh, it could lift on April the 15th. So we'll see with JT and maybe what he's got planned in the near future. So those are some of the the prime names that you're going to be interested in as you move into the early stages of next week. And then of course the second of two national signing days, these days, next Wednesday, I'm going to head to our final break. When we come back. Pops will check in on a Friday. We'll see what pops is up to when Southern fried sports returns on tide 100.9 FM right after this. If you own a beautiful afternoon with a sunny sky, the high today 57. Clear tonight, not as cold as last night, the low at 33. Tomorrow's sunshine during the morning. Clouds move in by afternoon. Rain arrives tomorrow night, the high at 60. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon, it is that time on Friday. It's time to check in with Pops. And I got to tell you, Pops, you've gotten out of control out, up here. I just got to let you know that. The <laughs> chocolate lady had a listener call her at the shop yesterday, and we're thankful he did. He made a nice order with Peter Brook for Valentine's Day. But he just wanted to talk about Pops. And he said... He said, you need to write a book about yourself. You need to write your memoirs, and then we could just position you outside Peterbrook, and you could do a signing there, and he thinks people would just line up. He thinks people would line up around the block, Pops, to come to come get your book. And um, I mean, what do you think time, of that, Pops? Times are getting, getting rough up there in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> you think we're bored up here? You think it we need something be. to do? That's Is that what you're saying? Be. I mean, we got this great basketball team. Shouldn't that be enough? I know. You know, they've got me excited, too. I watch them every – and they're on all the time down here. Yeah. They're a big deal these days in basketball. Well, they ought to be. I I like their style of play, and I like this coach, this this guy. I mean, uh, if you're not excited about Alabama basketball, something's wrong. Uh They play your boy Lon Kruger tomorrow, your former Florida Gator head coach. Oklahoma and the, yeah, the, that, the, big, the Big 12 and the SEC or whatever. Your boy Austin Reeves for the Sooners yeah. tomorrow. I thought I was going to uh-huh. kill him the other night, though. <laughs> yeah. A little oh, weak under snap. the basket there. Snap you got to get physical, you know. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Pops, um, if you were to write your memoirs, what would go in there as your biggest sports regret in your life? What's your biggest sports-related regret if you had one, Pops? Regret. Oh my goodness! Like you didn't you didn't play a certain sport, or you had a loss that was especially tough in your career. The, Maybe the, that state championship game loss, pops back in '64. Would that be up well, there? Well, actually, that was that was a setback for sure. But uh, you know what? 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 Whenever I look back at at, at my life or whatever, the only time I've ever been disappointed. Uh, you know, to the point of just torn up was when I got cut from the eighth grade basketball team. <laughs> he got cut. You like Michael Jordan, Pops and Michael well, Jordan, kind I, of the same thing here. Well, you know, I, I have a trouble, a little trouble with, with my height. And and <laughs> this was trying to make the team they had tryouts, you know, and I couldn't uh, even make a layup. <laughs> and the coaches. And the last day of cuts and stuff, he was really nice guy, and and he apologized for, Gene, I'm sorry, but we're going have to go in another direction. It, I mean, it broke my heart. I couldn't believe it. I, I, that was and that was in the eighth grade. Other than that, I've, I've uh, everything's been great. I I I've, I remember uh, maybe striking out. And at a time when I, I I needed to drive a run in or whatever to hopefully tie a game or win a game, that used to tear me. I mean, I wouldn't sleep at night, you know, and uh, stuff like that. I used to get upset about, but I have no regrets. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm 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 fine with now, what, Back in your playing days, you played baseball. You wrestled a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the football. Yeah. 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 Now, you always told me that that state championship game lost back in 64 at the Orange Bowl, I guess it was. Yeah, down at the Orange Bowl. You thought some birth certificates for that Coral Gables high team, I think, had to be checked. And and they couldn't speak English either. Yeah. Uh, It was crazy. They they were were all from Castro. They were all Cubans, you know. They came over on flotilla. And, I mean, they were good guys, but everything was in Spanish. When when they said something or talked to one another out on the field or screaming, or, it was all in Spanish. And uh, to look at them, you'd think they were 30 years old. You know, I, I mean, they were just mm-hmm. Afros out the helmets and, 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 and all that stuff. So that was totally different than anything you and your pals had ever seen athletically. You'd never seen anything like that before. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, at halftime, when we went in at halftime, we were it was it was seven to seven, and mm-hmm. our horses there. looked like they had already played three games. I mean, it was Chef a battle. Ellison? Chef Ellison yeah. looked battered. You can't tell me Chef Ellison looked. Yeah, up. I'm telling you, that's what that's what I'm saying. He These guys were grown men. I, I swear they were. And uh, I'm not I'm not complaining. You know, it was it was the score wound up being fourteen seven, and it was but it was a battle. And uh, other than losing the game and 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 the state championship, uh, I thought I was proud of the team for hanging did in there. Did you guys ride the did. train down there? Did you ride the train down to Miami? No, we rode the uh, Greyhound. Bust. Okay. Yep. Eddie Crook's mm-hmm. father drove the, the, the bus for us. Mm-hmm. Now, and, was uh, Beaver Lanier the quarterback of that squad? Yeah, Be- Beaver Lanier was our quarterback. What he was a, a great terrific, name. Is there ever been a athlete. better name for a high school quarterback than Beaver Lanier? <laughs> I don't think you can top that name, Pops. Well, and, and he was an outstanding athlete, too. I mean, he could run track. He played basketball. Uh, but and he was our quarterback. But, uh, probably dated the head cheerleader, probably. Yeah, uh, you know he, he was he was a real humble guy. He wasn't you'd have never known he was the quarterback. He just ran Unitas into him somewhere. Yeah, you know, kind of a Johnny U type. Yeah, exactly. Just he was jam up guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure he still is. I haven't seen him since the 50th reunion uh, about five years ago. 
What a great name. I mean, you, yeah, Beaver Lanier. Comic strip. The Gilthorpe comic strip couldn't have come up with Beaver Lanier for the quarterback. <laughs> well, he could do it all. Yeah. He, he was mm-hmm. a terrific man, too. Hey, Pops, did you see where Alabama's coming down to Gainesville September the 18th? Pops. I saw that. The third game of the year, I went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but that ought to be go. interesting. You, said you, you won't go. You're, you're, you're no, 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 I'm not going. I'm, there's no way I'd go. I'm not going down there. You can't. It is. You know, back in the day, you could go to Gainesville and just have a ball, watch a football game and just have a ball. But now you, you they, they've taken all the fun out of it. The campus police. I mean, you can't do nothing. Yeah, they came around at that. We were at that 2006 Alabama Florida game down there, and they came around. The campus police did and yeah. checked red solo cups for yeah. alcohol and stuff. Pops, that was it. Pops grabbed uh, it right out of my hand. Grabbed his solo cup. You don't grab Pops' red I, solo cup. I just cup couldn't believe it. Campus. And then, yeah. you know. I was a little older thought, then. And, and, uh, I thought we were going to jail. I thought we might be going to jail. I would have gone. I'm telling you, if it had been a few years earlier and he did something like that. Jail. Yeah. Uh, it was like Barney yeah. Fife coming up to you and, and grabbing a, a <laughs> cup out of your hand. You know? Oh. Pops, yeah. they play that game in the afternoon on September the 18th. It might be 3,000 degrees, Pops. I know. I need to play that one at night, Pops. <laughs> But that, that's something to look forward to. That'll be huge for Gainesville, Alabama coming in. Uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Now, back in the day, as you alluded to, you would you could leave the games at Florida Field at halftime and go to the thirst parlors right across. Oh the street, yeah, couldn't you? Yeah, and you might have done that. You I might have done, done that, that a time or two. And they had pass and outs. Never had pass a problem. Out and come back in. Yeah. Never had a problem. Uh. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not for uh, being obnoxious, drunk and obnoxious and all that. If you're that way, you know, we need to mm. restrain you or whatever. But if you're minding your business and just talking or yeah. listening to, yeah. you know, they have no business coming up and taking a cup out of your hand. Yeah, I agree. All right, Pops. Well, have a good weekend. And, uh, Start getting that Valentine's Day plan together for Nana. Yeah, I need to. I'm glad you reminded me of that. I've already forgot about. It. I got to do something. I guess they might. They might run out of bags of Skittles, so you need to go ahead and get her one <laughs> while you can. You know, Nana, Nana, Nana has been looking all day for 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 y'all. I know, I know. We appreciate her. All right, she's Pops, on a we'll mission. All right, we'll talk at you Adios. later. Pops. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. The lunch whistle on this Friday. One of Pops' very favorites. Anytime he's in Tuscaloosa, he is at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North on the Indian Hillside of Tuscaloosa. Great, great stuff. Southern Ale House. Eat Southern, drink Southern, be Southern. Southern Ale House. Thanks to James Ludeman. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Pops. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you.